number one are women where are they they're out loving around that's right we're missing our dearest but guess what i emily maya mills scott duguay just got married on saturday and added all the names to my name i added them all i will always be emily maya mills professionally but legally i will be emily maya mills scott duguay just for the ID and the jersey that I'm going to (laughs) make. I will be a quarterback and I will hold on to the ball better than Jared Goff. Okay, anyway, uh, any Rams fans? Okay, let's let's leave that guy alone. How are you guys tonight? You guys excited to be here? It's comedy. You look skeptical. You are in good hands. You're hopeful? You're right. You are hopeful because you're in the presence of Love, you guys. Oh, what a weekend. I mean, I leave for France on Friday. Are you kidding me? This is good. You guys are riding the high. I know, you guys are like, oh, but your shirt is wrinkled. Hey, I don't have time to blow dry my hair right now. I'm still fucking, you know? It's all, there's too much going on. It's a lot. Oh, my God. I know you guys are probably thinking the same thing that uh, my brother was, which is finally, you know, um, (laughs) I asked my brother to do a toast at the rehearsal dinner, and he heard that as roast. Uh, (laughs) Apparently, when you get engaged and you're at my age, uh, you realize in retrospect that any time previous to this, people ask you when you're going to get married, they're actually just being rude and calling you old. Because here's how how it works. If you think about it, at my age, I suddenly realized once I was engaged that all of those questions, you could just invert the word married with old. Like, so aren't you guys going to get old soon? (laughs) Oh my gosh, when are you going to get old? I had a dream that you were getting old this year. <laughs> yeah, it's not cool. And then that's all that happened at the uh, rehearsal dinner. It was just like ro- my dad and my brother roasting me for like, finally, oh boy, this one, huh? It's like, okay, guys, people get crazy around weddings. I had all these texts that we did in a short period of time about uh, six weeks ago, I got a bunch of texts like, saying, send me pictures of the dress. You're going to send me pictures of the dress? I was like, I haven't started looking yet. And they were like, oh my God, you're insane. It's like, you guys don't understand the definition of insane. It, it, insane would be like if I, uh, yes, I got it two years ago and it's just um, made of lilies and placenta. Uh, I actually have two choices. The other one's butt naked with horns. Um, They don't know. They have no idea. It was was such a beautiful day. I'm happy to be here. I'm still reeling. It's my fiance. My fiance. Oh my God, he's my husband. Oh shit. It's crazy. Mr. Duguay, it's amazing. The girls are feeling it. Dudes, can you get on board? Yeah? If you had been there, you all would have been crying. Okay? It was great. My my husband's amazing. It's like, it's really a beautiful thing because I was very, you know, independent my whole life and this is very much my person, you know? And like, you find that and you're like, oh my God, it's just beautiful, you know, to be slowly losing your identity. Uh, <laughs> apparently I like football. I didn't even, what is happening? <laughs> like, What? When did that happen? I like football now. Uh, I have a taste for rye whiskey all of a sudden. Um, I love anal. I don't know who. I don't know who who this is. I don't know. Who am I? 
Okay. All right. I'm kidding. It's rude. I can't, I'm kidding. It's light butt stuff. It's light butt stuff. Light butt stuff. For the kids who don't know, butt stuff is, you know, when you want Mexican butt. He wants Chinese, but you don't have your own apartment anymore. You know, <laughs> that's light butt stuff. You get it. Uh, that's all it is. My husband has, uh, we, he had, we now have two children. Uh, they're mine now, they're ours. <laughs> they're mine, they're also mine, they're our kids. They're beautiful, like as beautiful as he is, they're, uh, they're 11, they're twins. I know, crazy, right? They're half my age. Um, <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> but it was, it was wild in the beginning, you know, when they were eight. Uh, just a lot of questions for me because I, you know, four years ago I was just a red wine fueled one woman army eating beans out of the pot with no pants on all Sunday, you know, just just calling the shots. Well, all my cue, pure my cue, my Netflix cue, clear all mine, you know. And now I'm a parent. I'm like, what? Nobody checked my credit report. They just. Let me do it, and uh, I was the I was a it was a big learning curve, you know, a lot of questions in the beginning. I feel like I, in the beginning I was just constantly like, "You guys like Game of Thrones and ten dollar Merlots?" Or <laughs> I mean, how do we how do we get to know each other? <laughs> Who wants toast? <laughs> Nobody ever wanted toast, you know. There's just a lot of I felt like I was constantly backing out of rooms, like you guys. Guys, like, um, uh, if you need someone uh, to talk to when you realize death is inevitable and democracy is a sham, I'm here. I don't know. Am I doing this right? What? I had to actually learn to change my, you know, sense of humor around the house because I'm so like brutally funny, and um, <laughs> I can't contain it sometimes. But you know, when they were eight, I had to like be sensitive. My sense of humor would be, like, for example, we had a birthday party when they were turning nine. They were two. They're twins. There were it was Star Wars themed, so there were two Star Wars themed cakes, two marzipan lightsabers right made out of marzipan full detail looked exactly like vibrators couldn't say shit i couldn't even like not even i didn't button it up not even like the littlest like may the force be with me huh no okay all right okay okay <laughs> i'm a prisoner in my own home you know what I'm <laughs> Just all locked up and like nakedness is an issue now because <laughs> There's a boy child and, um, you know, I don't, I just, I don't want them to be freaked out by human anatomy, but I also don't want to be that lady who's like, your stepmother has a body. <laughs> it's natural, you know? <laughs> is learning. Uh, I don't just a lot of I can't, anyway, I don't so I had to like figure out for example, I can't go to sleep in a t-shirt and underwear anymore because that's a classic move, right? It's comfortable. Just t-shirt and panties because I wear a thong and hear me out before you judge me. Uh, this is not for the glory. It's for practical purposes. I wear a thong because I have a monstrous bottom with an appetite for fabric. Uh, <laughs> and I have determined that a small snack is more comfortable than a five-course meal at the end of the day. So I did the math, and I get to make that choice um, for myself. So I wear, I wear a thong, and now, you know... Can't go to sleep in a t-shirt and underwear anymore because you never know at my house when you might wake up in the middle of the night, have a kid standing over you like, I'm thirsty. <laughs> I want to help you, but I'm trapped. Uh, did you want orange juice or did you want your childhood to end? Can't have both. You gotta make a choice. Because uh, if I get out of this bed, you grow a mustache and uh, Legos will be dead to you. You understand me? I have to tell you what really happened to Kurt Cobain. You understand what I'm saying? It's bad. I know. Whoa, right? I guess. 
just imagine how I feel. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. But it is, it is a beautiful thing. I love, I love my family. We, we live in uh, the Burbs now. We live in Burbank, California. Don't get up. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are familiar with Burbank. Uh, it is a, I lived in Hollywood proper for 10 years, and for those of you out in the podcast world, uh, let me describe to you the glory of living in Hollywood. Uh, and some of you here in the house might know what I'm talking about. When you live in Hollywood, an actual city of Hollywood, there is always someone crying or fucking outside your bedroom window, <laughs> right? That's like the beautiful thing about it. There's always someone crying. Or, there's, or making stereotypical ghost noises is the other one. I don't even have any idea why that one. It's, I, it's what, just dead dreams. I don't understand what that's about. Just people working out acting class or if there's actual... Anyway, people's careers are dying. I don't know what that's about. But I live in Burbank now, and it is beautiful. I mean, ugh. It is a beautiful place to move to when you're done trying, right? Anybody? <laughs> you're like, mm. you want that parking space? You can have it. <laughs> I got six of my own at my house, baby. People are always like, oh, you moved to Burbank? Well, where are you going to get fucked? <laughs> But I don't need pho. You know why? Because if I walk out of my house, I can walk two blocks to a foam mart, baby. Yeah, that's right. An emporium of foam where I can get foam cut to any size or thickness my heart desires. And I could throw a rock at it from my house. Talk about convenience. That's Burbank. If I threw a rock at that foam mart, it would, this is Burbank for you, it would bounce off of that foam mart and hit a trophy city. Do you understand? <laughs> I mean, this is the life. I could walk out of my house two blocks up. I could walk into a trophy city, have a trophy made in my likeness, like four o'clock in the afternoon, just whatever. <laughs> three stories high, just me sitting on top of a horse, wearing a karate uniform, holding a badminton racket, shooting myself in the face because I died and went to Burbank, you know? Finished first, I finished first. People are always like, oh, but you, you gotta live in an up-and-coming neighborhood. You just wanna live in Highland Park, it's an up-and-coming neighborhood. So Highland Park. We live in Highland Park. We have handmade ice cream served by elves who work, play for Dashboard Confessional. <laughs> I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need to live in an up-and-coming neighborhood. I live in Burbank, and Burbank came twice and went back to sleep already. <laughs> all right, okay, all right, you guys, okay. Are you ready to start the show? <laughs> this is Put Your Hands Together, and we have a great show for you tonight. I am Emily Maya Mills, Scott Gay, and our next comic coming to the stage is one of my favorites. Talk about love. He's love incarnate. Please put your hands together for Steve Hernandez. Great to be here. I was over there. I was checking out the audience. Very good looking audience. I envisioned a life with four of you. Three of you were women. Come on, fool, you know who I'm looking at. Don't look away now, now. Uh, Looks good. I've been doing this new thing at parties where I go up to babes and I ask them, uh, how quickly is it okay? How quickly do you say I love you when you're dating someone? Uh, you, sir. <laughs> hey, come on, man. Just give me a, a roundabout thing, okay? Uh, two months. Two months? That's kind of fast. <laughs> Sounds like someone has some credit card debt over here, right? Huh? Uh, how, how about you, miss? How quickly do you say I love you when you're dating someone? Six months. I like that, right? You got health insurance, right? <laughs> yeah, I know you do. I like that. I'm pretty quick myself. It's usually right when I enter her. That's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's right, when I slide in, thank you, miss, for that. Uh, yeah, it's just a pussy joke, kind of. 
I love rap music. Have you guys been listening to this? I mean, it's all over the place now. I love this rap music. My favorite thing about rap is all the friendship that happens in rap songs, okay? You know, you know. There's a lot of friendship talk. But if I'm going to cut two parts right there, jump to the thing. My favorite friend of all rappers has got to be Dr. Dre. I'm going to tell you why. Let's go back to his classic 2001 and the hit Still Dre. He makes his friends three promises in that song. And you guys have all heard this song. It's ingrained in your soul. You don't even know it. You haven't even thought about the friendship promises. I'll tell you the first two right now. The first two is cushy office jobs. That's pretty good. That's one. That's a good thing. Number two, big fancy cars. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And then the third promise, I'm sure you've listened to the song, you haven't even thought about it, it means nothing to you, you just keep driving, but this promise would fucking change your life if Dr. Dre was true to his word. I'm just gonna say it and you're gonna think about it, you're gonna get ready for your mind to get blown. The third promise is this. <clears throat> Barbecues every day. <laughs> Barbecues every day. Can you imagine being friends with Dre? You're at this office, you know, job. You're working with your friend. You guys carpooled in a big fancy car. You're like, what should we get for lunch? And your friend just looks at you like you're a fucking fool. And then you think to yourself, uh, I forgot about Dre. Isn't that great? That's great, yeah. Now, if uh, there's one thing you need to know about me, the big man, it's this. I, I, I don't like quick homeless people, okay? Regular homeless people, that's fine. I get it. It's sad. You know, the brain is a very fragile thing. We've all fallen on hard times. But quick homeless people, fuck them, okay? They're not like you and I. They don't move like us. They dart to and fro. They zig and zag. It makes me nervous. But I will tell you one thing that I recently found out about quick homeless people is they bring out the rich white man in me. This happened last week. Last week, I was down in Skid Row, and uh, I was at a red light. My windows were down. My air conditioning's broken. I only date in the winter. So I'm sitting there, and fuck it, not out of my vision. I'm at the red light. It's scary down there. You guys know that. A fucking homeless person <laughs> booked it right to me, got right to my ear and said, give me a dollar. It scared me so bad. I swear to you, I never say this. It scared me so bad that without thinking, I said, not a chance. Just like that. I said, not a chance. And my monocle fell out. And he's like, I'm so sorry. So I said, it's good to be white, fool. That's real. That happened. A lot of great looking people here. Uh, I have a type, you know, in my later years, I'm trying to get into Latinas, but they're so mean. Uh, stop being so mean, you Latinas. Previously, I've been into white women, nothing fancy. Um, none of this tan bullshit, okay? Emily Mimeo, stay home with your beautiful face. I don't need that shit. I like my white women pasty, huh? Kind of freckly, you know what I'm talking about? Looks like she knows her way around the New Testament a little bit, huh? You know what I'm saying. She shops at Kohl's. She may manage at Kohl's, huh? She got office job, right? And it has one of those badges that I grab it and I pull back, let it zip back in a flirty way, you know what I'm saying? Translucent nipples, SPF 100. Her dad's the president of something. Not too pretty in the face either. That's where a lot of guys go wrong. Mm-hmm. You're wrong, fellas. Nah, I like my girls with that kind of beauty that doesn't fade, okay? I like my women handsome. You know what I mean when I say handsome? Kind of like that B. Arthur vibe, you know? Timeless, okay? I like my girls so handsome, when they do this with their bangs, I know what their brother looks like. That's handsome, okay? Timmy, what the fuck are you doing here? Oh shit, it's Melissa and it's morning time. That's handsome, okay? I also have a type of guy I like. Uh, now I'm not a homosexual, but I do think every man should figure out what kind of guy they're into, just in case. You never know, fellas, the end of the world, prison. You better pray what you want out of your man. You better think about it. 
I want two things out of my boo-boo, straight up. First, pretty eyes. When I look at my man's eyes, I want to see the future. Is that a crime? And two, this is most important, he's got to be bigger than me. Why? Because I want to feel safe. You know what I'm talking about? I want to feel safe, okay? Me and my man walking down the street and shit, all in love. I'm wearing cut-off denim shorts. You know the look. Feeling right, right? Intertwined fingers and shit. Someone drives by, throws out a gay slur. You know me. <laughs> I go off like a chihuahua. Don't you talk to my man like that? No, 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 no. But my man fucking pulls me back, right? He holds me. I'm like, ah. Oh. And he holds me. He's like, stop it. Stop it. Stop it, boo-boo. You're not alone anymore. Because he's going to be sweet too, ladies, okay? Because I'm done with these assholes. Abs don't help you sleep at night, okay? You guys have been so great. I'm Steve Hernandez. a man who opened and closed his set talking about men he was attracted to. I just want to say two things. It's okay and are you sure? (laughs) The next comic coming to the stage, you're going to love her. She has worked two seasons on Veep. Her name is Amelia Barras. I'm so sorry. Amelia Barras. Wait, wait, wait. Don't come out. I'm going to take it again. podcast we can edit it out no i'm kidding no one will ever edit this okay you guys just give it up again for me and my heart oh my god thank you keep it going for your next comic she's amazing (laughs) she's worked on two seasons of beam please put your hands together for amelia barat Guys, I actually don't have a last name. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Guys, uh, can you imagine how tragic it would be, though, if you fell in love with somebody only to discover that they actually live in Van Nuys? I want to start my set off by talking about something random that really pisses me off. People that wear Hard Rock Cafe t-shirts from cities in other countries, all that tells me is that while you were abroad, you went out of your way not to have a cultural experience. That's all that, that's all that means. I saw a woman the other day wearing a Hard Rock Paris t-shirt. And I was like, wouldn't it just be a lot easier and more streamlined if you just held up a sign saying you're a cultural leper? You know? More, it, that way we don't even have to read between the lines. Like, this woman flew thousands of miles across the world to Paris, France, a city famous for its culture and exquisite cuisine. And she made sure to go to the fucking Hard Rock Cafe to spend $20 on a hamburger and curly fries and then another $30 on a fucking t-shirt. That shit is $30. I googled this. I'm pissed. (laughs) For that amount of money, she could have eaten a crepe on top of the Eiffel Tower, but instead she chose to label herself an idiot. (laughs) Like, those people shouldn't be allowed to travel. You know, like, they should be the only people Trump's travel ban refers to. (laughs) Except they're not allowed to leave America. Like, we can't have them embarrassing us abroad. They're our personal shame. They need to stay here. We need to draw the line somewhere and start getting our dignity back. Yeah. Which brings me to my next point, guys. Is there a difference anymore? Actually, serious question. Is there a difference anymore between reading the news and actually bleeding out of your eyes? Serious question. Because, like, for me, that's just become, like, one fluid experience. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> yeah. But on that note, though, let me just take a moment to say God bless the New York Times. Okay. <laughs> Fucking God bless. Because not only do they, like, kill themselves every day, work tirelessly, shed literal blood, sweat, and tears, doing some of the best reporting in the publication's entire history... They still manage on the daily to deliver a top quality crossword puzzle. (laughs) 
They have not forgotten about the crossword. And I know it's because the crossword people are just watching the news people killing themselves and just getting pumped as fuck every day. Like the crossword people just go, you see that, guys? Today we bring our A game. We step up our puns. We step up our five-syllable words. Because when we look back in 50 years, do we really want to remember that Trump was the president, America descended into fascism, and we let our crossword go to hell? That's not the America I want to live in. But shit sucks right now, guys. Do you want to know how much shit sucks? One person. Let me just give give this whole set to you directly. I was walking to a stand-up show the other day, and I saw a billboard for the TV show The Handmaid's Tale. Who here is? Okay. And on the billboard was a big, you know, quote about the show. was a review for the show, and it said, The Handmaid's Tale could not be more timely or relevant. That is how much shit sucks right now. Is that people are watching this TV show about this post-apocalyptic hellscape future and going, you know, that actually looks familiar. (laughs) Reminds me of yesterday and the day before and the day before that. And pretty much everything 2016 and on has been shitty. It's been really shitty. But, um, and I've actually tried to, like, avoid reading the news For the same reason that George tells Lenny to think about the rabbits. Okay, some people have read of Mice and Men in here. Fuck yes! Fuck yes! Uh, And if you haven't, read the plot summary and you're gonna chuckle about that. Because that was a top quality of Mice and Men. But for my illiterate friends in the back, um, the reason that I don't read the news is because it's like, I get it. You know, like, I get it. It's the apocalypse, (laughs) okay? We're here, I can see, I know. I don't wanna think about it all the time. Like, I don't want the news constantly reminding me because it's a bummer, you know? And I don't want every day to be a bummer and then it's the apocalypse, (laughs) you know? Like, on the day that North Korea decides to send that nuke to LA, because this is where it's coming, by the way. (laughs) And I feel like every Angelino on some level like knows that deep down. And it's almost, like, comforting on some level because, like, we know that the minute shit really goes down, it will not be our problem. (laughs) We're gonna be fucking out of here, which would be so L.A. of us. (laughs) At the end of the day, the ultimate L.A. move, like, fuck y'all, we're out of here! No, but, like, because on the day they send the nuke over here, I don't want to be stressing about it, you know? I want to be in a pool. You know, I want to be listening to some good music. I want to be drinking some good alcohol. And I want my last thought to be, well, I was having a great time just now. (laughs) This was, this sucks, but I was making some good choices up until now. (laughs) Fuck yeah, let's go. Uh, That's it for me tonight, guys. You've been so great. (laughs) Give it up for your host. You should be here any minute. I'm right here. Here, you guys, we're all in good hands. The ship is not have holes in it. We are afloat. Are you guys feeling it? You feeling Trump? Any Trump supporters in the house? It's not even funny. I get ya. It's tough, man. We are polar at this point. I, I just want to say if there are any Trump supporters in the house, I want to. I feel like we need to repair, and we need to extend. We need to get on the same. But we need to come closer. You know, it's. I feel like we're all going around saying he's a monster, and I just want to say to you, if you're here, I'm not saying he's a monster. <laughs> I'm just saying he definitely eats all of his own cum. <laughs> all of it, like. Control, you know, it's like what's happening with the tweets, and they say it's hard to control the, the, the typing while you're trying to get every last drop of your own cum inside of your mouth. You can't do it. It's like, a, and then you don't have any nutrients. It's a weird form of scurvy. You know, it's like, it's like the Mad Hatter disease. You know, you just been eating, you're eating too much of your own. You know? So that's all, and it, what I'm trying to say. So peace be with you. Coming to the stage, I love this comic. He has been all over the world, town, and stages of the world. Put your hands together for Doug Millard. Woo!
Look at all y'all beautiful people. Just look at you. Just look at y'all beautiful faces, your little dimples. I just want to get in there and motorboat y'all's dimples. You know what I mean? <laughs> what if I talk like that? What if... <laughs> you guys are like bracing for it. You're like, oh, sh shit. What is this? These next seven minutes are going to be rough. Imagine that guy's life, though. Guys, my neighbor uh, just got a puppy. Beautiful, beautiful, cute little puppy. I love it. Uh, I don't love it when they leave the house because then the puppy whines like crazy. We can hear it through the walls. Then our dog starts to whine like crazy because she's freaked out about that dog. She's concerned. And the other day I caught myself telling my dog, hey, it's cool. You're cool, Penny. Don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. You know what? That's not cool like at all. Because imagine if the tables were turned and there was just a human next door <laughs> screaming, Fuck! Somebody help me! I'm in a cage! I don't know where they're coming from! I'm gonna fucking die! <laughs> and then my dog Penny told me as I freaked out, Dude, it's cool. What are you doing? <laughs> it's not cool, guys. Think about what you say to your animals, okay? I think most people are familiar with Mary Magdalene from the Bible, you know, but... All my Bible heads here. Um, not everyone knows about Jesus' first girlfriend, Becky, though. Do you guys know about Jesus and Becky? If you haven't heard the word, this is from the Unearthed Book of Becky, um, chapter 6, verse 12. Jesus, you're always wearing flip-flops. Um, all right, thought that was really going to drop. Didn't. Kind of didn't do the voice right. Didn't commit. <laughs> Guys, when I'm on my deathbed, just pretend there are transitions. Um... When I am on my deathbed, whoever's there, I want to really get in their heads. I want to mess with them a little bit. Like, I'd imagine it's going to be like Dwayne The Rock Johnson's there, you know? He's a cool guy. I'm a cool guy. We'll probably hang out at some point. And right as I'm about to, like, fade out, like a couple minutes out, I want to make sure to squeeze his hand and just say, like, hey, this is it. And then I'm going to just lean back and then just pretend to be dead. Just, like, I'm out. And then... A few seconds later, just pop up dramatically and be like, oh my God, I saw the other side. It's only spiders. <laughs> then I'm going to die. That's, you guys should try that. It's going to be fun. <laughs> when, I, when I die, I do want to have an open casket and an open bar at my funeral. But I want it to be one of the same. You know what I mean? What I'm saying is I want my casket to be filled with ice-cold beer. You gotta reach around my dead body. You gotta give my old dead body the reach around. That's what I'm saying. Do you guys think that butterflies have tattoos of annoying drunk women on the lowers of their thorax? Do you guys think that when a deer sees a car coming, the reason that they freeze is because they think they can control cars with their minds? So <laughs> I see it coming, they yell to a friend, Hey Chuck, check this shit out! <laughs> I hate Little Miss Muffet, let's talk about that for a second. Let's break it down. Little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet, right out of the gates. What the fuck is a tuffet? No one knows what that means. It's 2017. It's a stool. Say it's a stool. Little Miss Muffet sat on a stool. Okay, now it doesn't rhyme. Both ways suck, all right? <laughs> Eating her curds and whey. Okay, now I'm back in. Who doesn't love curds and whey, right? <laughs> we all do. Uh, along came a spider, sat down beside her, scaring Miss Muffet away. That's where you lose me again. Because you know what? Look, I get it. You have to have an antagonist. Otherwise, there's no conflict 
It would just be Little Miss Muffet sat on a stool eating a bucket of cottage cheese. What is that? That's not a story you pass down for generations. That's horseshit. I get it. My question is, how big was this spider? You know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying, nothing gets between me and my curds and whey. You know what I mean? Nothing. What I'm saying is, Little Miss Muffet was a coward. That's what I'm saying. There's a reason she was a miss, right? And if you're trying to sell books, call it Little Miss Muff. Am I right? That's really my favorite line. All right. Um... <laughs> I think it's weird that we can't tickle ourselves, but we can masturbate. That's a weird <laughs> puzzle. Like, masturbating is like the most tickling a human can do, you know what I mean? It's like God doesn't want us to laugh, He only wants us to come. It's weird. <laughs> I think we can all agree on this. Nobody likes to think about their parents having sex, you know? Like, that's not. You don't like, I don't like to picture how I came to be, you know, like, I don't want to think about my mom and dad, you know, and I just don't want to picture it. I don't want to think, like, I just don't want to think about, like, my dad, you know, hovering over my mom, missionary style, you know, just kind of jamming his bits and pieces in there, you know, like, I don't want to think about that, guys. Just like my dad, you know, grabbing my mom from behind, just by her small but child-birthing hips, just really ramming his rock-hard cock into my mom's wet pussy. Nobody, I don't want to think about that, you know? I don't want to think about it. Just my mom, on top of my dad, just screaming, let's make this fucking baby, Mark! Let's fucking make it! Whip me in the tits with this electrical wire! I don't want to think about it, guys. I do not. Guys, I clearly like to think about it. I actually write and sell a lot of erotic fan fiction about my parents. Come say hi. Buy some. You guys have a great night. Have a Give it up for Emily Maya Mills. Keep it going for Doug Malone. You guys are the greatest. Give it up for Jimmy in the booth. No one ever gives it up for Jimmy in the booth. One of the greatest ground poobas on the planet. Um, I don't know if you guys are ready for the silver lining uh, around Hillary not being elected. Okay, so uh, I know that you guys, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what the temperature, what's that? Too soon? Bear with me. I'm going to point it out for you, okay? This is my job here. I know that you're really, you're willing to go on this ride, and uh, this is it. If Hillary had been elected president of the United States, can you imagine the Chardonnay white ladies <laughs> stepping out onto their porches <laughs> in empowerment, just ready to waltz around the world? Just Can you imagine the woman out there in New Hampshire or whatever, just like, hi, I'm Calista Rockford, and... <laughs> I am the whitest woman in the world. Uh, I'm sorry you don't believe me. Check my credentials. I have over 40 iPads. Um, I have never cared for music. Um, I have five sisters named Katie. I have three unborn children on the wait list for Harvard Law. I'm barren. I'm web-footed. I uh, have tickets for Coachella next year. Uh, <laughs> it's all for me. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I need to pull out my iPad for the rest of these. It's hard to be responsible for yourself when you're taking all that Xanax. So uh, what else is on my list here? I need... Uh, oh, right. I uh, Susan Sarandon is my yoga instructor. Um, let me see. Uh, uh, oh, uh, Oprah Winfrey is my doula. Um... <laughs> And Bernie Sanders is my black friend. Uh, I think we can handle our lives without that 
uprising. <clears throat> I don't mean the silver lining that. I will say that I know you guys are looking at me like, oh no, but you're a comedian, you know, where are all your jewels? <laughs> Have I added up all the money I've made doing stand-up comedy and then divided it by the shows I've done? I would have made negative chicken wings. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would owe everybody in here chicken wings, but whatever. <laughs> Somehow I have figured it out. I have managed, I don't know, I didn't even know when I was a little girl that it was possible when I was dreaming that, that, that one day I could cobbled together an acting career playing bit parts as ladies barely holding on by a thread. <laughs> That's a type. <laughs> Hollywood and I, yeah, you're looking at it, you know, and I'm telling you, it ain't easy. I spent a lot of time at the hair salon getting this tightly coiffed, don't touch my son hairdo that I got going on here. <laughs> You know, I go in, I sit down in the chair, and I say, give me the old, keep your damn hands off him. You know, and they, they hook it up. But there's a type in Hollywood that I've realized that I will never get to play, and uh, I'm okay with that. I made my piece. It's, uh, I don't know if you're familiar. It's the memory of a dead wife in a movie. Are you... Anybody in here, you guys know who I'm talking about there? It's a specific archetype, and it's not this, you know? You know her when you see, like, that... It's like a walking wet dream with rosebud lips and, like, a super clean purse with no hard-boiled eggs in it or whatever. Somehow we know that weird detail that I feel like is really important, unimportant to point out. Um, but nonetheless... I like to say never say never, so just in case I ever get the opportunity, here's my audition for the memory of a dead wife in a movie. Are you guys ready? Okay, tell me. You tell me if I get this. Okay, here we go. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Sweetheart, would you zip me up? <laughs> Always getting ready for a gala, you know? <laughs> oh no, my earring, cling, cling, cling. <laughs> Oh no, my earring, cling, cling. Oh no, my earring, cling, cling. Oh no, the cancer. Just, she just turns, her bones turn to dust from the inside and she just turns into a pile of pooled on the floor. It's always so sudden and tragic. Like it makes, why does it have to be so, and then Keanu Reeves goes and murders everybody. You know what I mean? That's the archetype. That's what I'm talking about. It's either that or the other one is that she's at the beach and she has a bed sheet for no reason. <laughs> and she's like, uh, John. <laughs> Are you videotaping stuff? <laughs> but sweetheart, I love you. Dandelions. <laughs> oh no, speedboat! Just takes her head right off, you know? It's just so sudden. I'm always cast as the lady driving the speedboat. <laughs> Has anybody seen my son? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, dear. You guys are in for a great rest of your show. You're a great audience. I have an amazing comic from Portland coming up. He has a new album on Kill Rock Stars called Because. Please put your hands together for Nathan Brandon. Uh. <laughs> Goddamn, Bernie Sanders is my black friend. I got to compete with Bernie now? This is bullshit. <laughs> First Will Smith, then Ildris Elba, now Bernie. I'm not feeling the burn. I'm not doing it. <laughs> it smells like menthol. I don't know what that meant. <laughs> Was that too political, L.A., huh? You can let me know. Yeah, I know. I, I know things seem really bad right now, but, man, I think it's, we're going to get through it, right? Yeah. I feel like we are. Three people? All right, cool. <laughs> Fuck this. This show is my last thing. I'm done after this. Killing myself in the street. 
I think it will, man. Uh, I messed up this weekend. My my two year old son caught a glimpse of the news in, in Virginia, and my buddy got on me. He was like, "Man, I can't believe you let him watch something like that." And I was like, "Hey." I can't try to end racism through Twitter and make sure that my baby doesn't see Nazis with torches at the same time. You got to pick one, okay? Somebody's got to help me out. He's like, man, this is a, a weird time, man. You know you're going to have to have the race talk with him. I was like, he's two years old. I already had the race talk with him. Did that at six months old. You kidding me? Made a whole day out of it. Made a PowerPoint, showed it to him. He cried, threw up on me. He was very upset. <laughs> but he was like, man, you got how are you going to teach him how to deal with stuff like that later on? And I was like, I'm going to teach him how to deal with it the way that you teach people to deal with all bullies. You confront them and make them face the stuff they hate until they go away. That's it. You get in their face every day. Cool. No one else is with me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, actually, Nathan, you hide around the corner until the police show up. All right. <laughs> yeah, man. We even, uh, my wife and I, we confronted bullies back when he was first born. We were uh, having a great day. We were doing uh, great parenting stuff. We didn't fail on anything. So we decided to celebrate. <laughs> man, as a parent, you fail all the time. Eventually, you get desensitized to it. But we were brand new, so we were like, we got to celebrate. And normally how we celebrate is we go, you know, go to a bar, have a couple drinks, you know, lose it. <laughs> but you can't take a baby into a bar because our country has a long way to go as far as progression. You understand? <laughs> so we went to a coffee shop. We went to the coffee shop and we balled out there and it was awesome. Coffee with the foam on the top. It was fantastic. We sit down to have some of our coffee and before we could take a sip, our baby starts crying. He's hungry, and he breastfeeds still. So my wife goes, all right, I'll take him in the bathroom. And I was like, for what? She goes, to feed him. I was like, you're going to feed our kid in a dirty public bathroom? Hell no. You know I have OCD. Absolutely not. I started telling my mom, not today. Not on this day. Mm -mm. Let me talk to somebody. And my wife goes, well, somebody might get uncomfortable if they see me breastfeeding him here in this coffee shop. I go, well, that's why they were all born with damn eyelids, right? On both eyes. You just close those shits and the problem's over with. Unless they were born without eyelids, then you don't have anything to worry about because everybody's going to be staring at them. So she started feeding him, right? And then uh, immediately this couple gets up and they come straight for us and they're pissed off. Well, the dude wasn't. The dude looked like he really didn't have a dog in the fight. <laughs> he was kind of just like, yeah, she has the car keys or whatever she says. <laughs> but she was pissed off. The lady was mad, which was nuts, man. It, it blew my mind. And I've never been more proud of my wife in my entire life because I've never seen concentration like this before. Like she had the baby cradle in this arm. Then she was giving the lady to talk to the hand motion with the other arm. <laughs> She looked like a Heisman Trophy. It was amazing. <laughs> I never called my wife like a, like a derogatory, like a trophy wife or anything like that, but she was a damn trophy wife that day. I'll tell you what. <laughs> it was amazing, but I knew she was getting tired, so I was like, I got to tag her out. I got to start in on the lady. So I tagged her out. I was like, uh, ma'am, we bought these cups of coffee, okay? The table was included in the price. So until we're done with our coffee, you're on our property right now. You need to get the hell out of here. <laughs> And the lady fires back at me, well, I don't know how good of a kid this is going to be if his mom's just willing to pull her boob out in public. Yeah, right? My wife started tearing up. Everybody in the coffee shop got all weird. And I was like, Nathan, you need to take control of this situation right now. You're a comedian. Just use your training. <laughs> just say something so crazy that everybody forgets what they were talking about. So as soon as she said that, I slammed on the table, looked her right in her eyes, and I said, you know what? If I knew this baby was going to be this much work, I would have aborted him a long time ago. <laughs> I didn't mean it. I had a job to do, okay? And it got the job done. She forgot what she was talking about. She had no idea. She was like, you can't say that about the baby. Not in front of it. What are you doing? 
then I got super confused. I was like, how, how do I argue with this person, right? How do you argue with somebody who's on both sides of the argument? Like, you want the baby here, but you don't want to see the baby eat? What kind of bullshit is that? How does that work? Are you willing to watch a baby starve to death? How are you better than me right now? So they leave, but I was still pissed off. I was so mad at this lady for weeks, you know? And luckily, oh, a fantastic record label, Kill Rockstars, they offered to uh, uh, produce my album, and it was awesome. And they were like, you got an album cover? And I was like, yes. So now when you see my album cover, it's called Because There's a Spilt Cup of Coffee on it. I originally wanted a full-on breastfeeding breasts on that album cover so everybody would have to look at it. But the FCC matumboed me, and I had to settle. <laughs> So I traced that cup of coffee over the top. So it's an optical illusion. At first, you see the cup of coffee. But as soon as you see that breast, you'll never stop seeing that breast. <laughs> it's always going to be out there. Man, Nate, that's a lot of work. Why would you do all that? Because I'm very petty. <laughs> and I'm more than willing to spend somebody else's money to get back at a person I'm probably never going to see again. You understand me? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, go buy the album and give it to somebody you don't like. All right? Thank you very much. My name is Nathan Brandon. Keep it going for Nathan Brandon. Get that album, because what a beautiful thing. Our next comment coming to the stage, she's a dear, dear friend. She lives in my old apartment. Am I old, allowed to say that? Um, but we haven't caught up in so long because she's on every fucking television show and movie. I want to turn on my TV and see her. We catch up there. God, you guys, I derailed everything. Can we start again now? <laughs> Please put your hands together for Alice Waterland. <laughs> That is one of my all-time favorite jokes. Yes, it is. Uh, look out for her on a little show on TBS called People of Earth, by the way. No connection to the joke. <laughs> joke came first. Uh, great show, very grounded, very funny. I tested for it, didn't get it. No big deal. I'm fine. I'm very busy. I'm very busy. <laughs> Speaking of some of the best television there is, you know him from writing on Simpsons for all these years. Stand Against Evil, please put your hands together for Dana Gould! Oh, thank you very much. Thanks, Emily. Emily just got married. Good for her, yeah. Yeah, definitely get married. That lasts forever. <laughs> What could go wrong? Hey. <laughs> Something about this setup just makes me feel like I'm your resident advisor. <laughs> so if any of you want to just come by my room after the show and rap. <laughs> um, I would like to possibly make some people in the audience a little bit uncomfortable. I would like to stray out of the realm of political correctness and say something blatantly negative about the Klan. Um, I am against it. Um, no, 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 no. Let me, let me, there are two sides. There are two sides. It's like 9-11. There are the terrorists, there are the people in the planes, there are people in the buildings. There's a lot of blame to go around. All right? That wouldn't have happened if those people weren't there, okay? So everybody needs to own their shit on that. I don't want to paint it with a broad brush. If Sharon Tate went to the movies, she wouldn't have been stabbed. But she has to own her part in that. That's what I'm saying to you into a mic, making my voice louder, therefore more important. But here's my problem with the Klan. One, right out of the gate, weapon of choice, open flame. Wardrobe, loose, billowing fabric. Right out of the gate. And when did that start? 
by the way. When, when, when was the meeting? We's going to rid this house of the Negro and the Jew. And we's going to do it dressed up like scary ghosts. <laughs> Can I be a Dracula? No. It is decided. <laughs> We're going to rid the child of the Negro and the Jew, and we're going to do it dressed up like scary ghosts. <laughs> well, you forget who owns a lumber company where we're getting all the wood to make the crosses. We are going to rid the child of the Negro and the Jew, and we're going to do it dressed up as scary ghosts. Except for Wilson, who will be a Dracula. <laughs> If you've ever heard Little Richard's, and for okay, first, I need to apologize. Dracula is not racist. Dracula made Blackula. Hello. If you've ever seen the film Blackula, which I'm assuming you have because I'm in America. In the first scene in the film, Dracula bites a black guy. Easily anticipated if you know the title of the movie you're watching. And then Dracula looks at him and he goes, I christen you Blackula. And they cut to the credits. And I wish they just hung for an extra 15 seconds so you could hear Blackula go, ha, ha, ha. No, really, what's my name going to be? Seriously. <laughs> but if you've ever heard Little Richard's song Tutti Frutti and then heard Pat Boone's cover, that really puts the whole myth of white supremacy to bed right there. <laughs> Little Rich, it's so fun, but this is why I don't get that freaked out over what's going on, although it, it does get more exciting every day. But we, all of this stuff has happened before, just not as much. Donald Trump is Richard Nixon, just a little bit more. One day there will be Donald Trump, but a little bit more. Yeah, I don't know how that's possible. But somewhere out there, there's an orangutan who likes to shoot people with a super soaker full of cat pee, and he just got elected to a school board. <laughs> I was watching a documentary on Prince when he passed away, uh, about a year after he passed away. And I was watching it, my dad walked by the TV and he went, oh, little Richard died. <laughs> He's kind of right. <clears throat> Prince is little Richard, just a little bit more. And Little Richard doesn't get the credit he deserves. Little Richard had a big hit in 1952. Good golly, Miss Molly sure likes to ball. Little Richard was a gay black guy who sang about fucking straight white women in 1952, <laughs> when that was largely frowned upon. <laughs> and he had a voice of doubt in his head. Every performer has a voice of doubt in their head that says, I'm not good enough to be here, I'm not funny enough, I'm not, I'm not a good singer, or whatever it is that you do. And it's that voice of insecurity that drives you onto the stage. And Little Richard had that voice. And Little Richard's voice was in the voice of Little Richard. <laughs> so he would be waiting to go on stage in 1952 and sing to an all-white audience about fucking straight white women and all he could hear in his head is you ain't no good <laughs> if I was you I wouldn't even sing I'd go home hide in the bed and kill myself <laughs> what if everyone's voice of doubt was the voice of little Richard <laughs> Would we have ever gone to the moon if all Neil Armstrong could hear when he was in the thing is, you ain't gonna be no astronaut! Woo! You can't even climb a ladder! Congrats on getting married, Emily, that's great. I, uh... After I got divorced, I got a chihuahua because I missed getting yelled at. 
Chihuahuas are great. It's like having a tiny Mexican roommate that doesn't chip in and really hates birds. <laughs> we tolerate behavior from animals that we wouldn't from people, you know. So imagine if you had a roommate that just sat around the house all day sitting on the couch and then whenever the mailman showed up, he'd just run to the window. Fuck you! 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 Stop sitting on the floor and looking at me while I cook. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not, uh, see, I'm not, I w was married for a long time. I was, my wife and I were together forever, and then, uh, uh, and then we got divorced, and then after my marriage, I immediately went into another relationship, uh, and that lasted for like three years. And that ended recently, amicably, I was told. <laughs> and now I, I, I don't, you know, because like I'm, I'm single, but I'm really set in my ways now. When I was dating before, I was so malleable. You know, you just meet somebody. I spend all my time when I'm not working just caring about saving dolphins. Me too! <laughs> Then you go to dinner and forget and order six dolphins. <laughs> I would eat, I, I'm not, I'm not vegetarian. I love meat. Uh, I enjoy meat. And then people will go, yeah, but you don't want to watch the cow getting killed. No, I don't. That would make me not love meat. I like my brother, and I don't want to watch my parents fuck. <laughs> Sometimes you can enjoy something without ogling its origin. <laughs> but before I go, I just, you know, I, I, it, is a, it is a lot of weird bullshit going on. But, you know, the world is ending in many ways. Not just, not just what makes the news or politics. That was like my set. I had one new joke, wrote it down. Because, you know. Sorry. Oh, man, did I, did I just set off a truth bomb? I'm sorry. Was I too real? Should I say that a lot when I'm dating? I'm sorry, was I too real just then? Are we going to fuck? Because if not, I have to fart. I mean, I can be on a pre-fuck fart hold if that's where this is going. But otherwise... Uh, uh, very briefly, um, here's a great, here's another sign that things are awful. There was a woman in North Carolina three months ago, big hurricane, uh, trapped in her house, and the house is filling up with water, but she can't leave because she sees that the water outside of her house is filled with snakes and alligators. Now, I'm not here to judge anybody, but if you're going to drown in your own home because the water outside is filled with snakes and alligators... You did something. <laughs> Life's not that cruel. <laughs> I'm sure the National Guard is like, go outside and we'll lower a ladder. I can't. The water is filled with snakes and alligators. Jesus Christ, lady, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> and lastly, why are there alligators? <laughs> I mean, I understand that God made sunsets and rainbows. Do we really need a gorilla made of leather that lives in the swamp and wants you dead? Did God come up with a shark and think, fuck, it can't chase you across a golf course. Hang on, I have another idea. Nobody move. <laughs> then he invented the crocodile for the sole reason that you can think you're being killed by an alligator and be wrong. <laughs> Snake, you know it's a bad because uh, it lives in a swamp. 
All the terrible stuff, snakes. What's a snake but a rope that hates you? Put in the swamp. The swamp is like God's porn drawer. All the creepy shit. Yeah, just put it in the swamp. I'll cover it. Anyway, thank you very much. I'll see you next time. show has it not put your hands together but on this the week of my post-wedding bliss I wanted to give you guys something extra special Aziz Ansari from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.